This is Monday, October 9th. You ever marvel at the design God has wired into our world? I remember years ago now reading a wonderful book by a man named Michael Behe. He's a biochemist who challenged the idea of evolution at the biochemical level by revealing the stunning complexity of microscopic life forms. He reveals organisms that shock our way of thinking about the world. Reading his chapter on how our human blood clots was like taking a tour through an immense, beautiful cathedral, marveling at its complexity and glory. And it's not just the complexity involved. As Behe explains, the organisms are fine-tuned for the way that they function. They work, you could say. Now, this seems a strange place to begin our week on the gospel and marriage. But we need to step back and consider God's design for marriage to begin to understand the glory of it and how it is meant to work. God created marriage and gave it as a gift to humanity. Early in our human history, we're told that this is our scripture reading from Genesis chapter 2, verse 20 to 25. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were naked, and they felt no shame. We could spend all week breaking down this text and working to understand it, but suffice it to say at this point that God created the man and also created the man and also the woman for the man. He created a woman suitable, or a better translation might be, he created a woman, a one who would be opposite him. That is, they would not be the same. Though equal in dignity and value before God, they will be different and will complement each other. They will not be interchangeable. And we understand that the man was not self-sufficient. After repeatedly calling his creation good, God said that it was not good for Adam to be alone. First, Adam needed God, but he also needed fellowship and companionship with someone like him. Yet God didn't make another Adam. God made a woman. God made Eve. The man's cry of recognition reveals that just seeing her, because they haven't spoken yet, is enough to see she was made for him and he for her. Their physical bodies and design are not incidental to who they are. Their physical bodies are the only way they can express who they are. And they are male and female. This is God's created order and the blueprint for marriage. A man and woman complementing each other, suitable for each other. Opposite each other is where we begin. Now here Adam and Eve learn who they, who they are with each other. 
not Adam with another man or Eve with another woman. Eve's body tells Adam who she is, woman, and his body tells her, man. This sexual difference, is, again, is not incidental. It is inherent in who we are, who God created us to be, and how God created us to relate to each other. Yes, this is our design. It's not something we made up, but it's God's gift. It is the truth of our identity. There really is an order to the world God has made, and we are part of that order. We're not self-created. It is this reality that is the foundation for marriage for us today, as it was for Adam and Eve in the beginning. It is for this reason we have a Creator who determined who we are as His creatures, and because of His inherent design of us as male and female opposite each other, complementing each other, that Christians understand and trust God's design for marriage that joins just one man and one woman. There is no other way that reflects our created design. Now, of course, we love people without distinction. However, God tells us that this is what he wants for us. This is the life we are called to in Christ. Here's what Genesis says about the first couple. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Could there be a more simple explanation of the peace and joy that they knew? They were together fully and felt no judgment, no division, no shame. I'd love to stop there, but Genesis tells us more. Not just where we came from, but what we have become. After human beings brought sin into the world, a curse fell upon them. Before, though different, they were one. Afterwards, sin caused them to hide from each other and also from God. Before, they did not need to hide. The Lord told the woman, Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. That's Genesis 3.16. Their experience of love, safety, and freedom was shattered by their choice of life apart from God. The relationship that reflected the love of God became a battleground of their wills, the place where they would exert or try to exert their control. And this is the cause of the frustration in marriages today. Now this week we're going to be learning how the gospel addresses that frustration and fracture and how Jesus opens the way, door to a new way. We, are be, we will be looking at the gospel and marriage. Let's pray together. Our Creator God, your faithfulness reaches to the skies. We see your glory in our design and your goodness in the gift of marriage. We pray for those married in our church. Pour your grace into their lives. Show them Jesus. We also pray for those who are single that they might know you and your ways. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.